Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Thursday morning. I'm sorry, Friday morning. Glad to be with you as the weekend gets started here. Hope you're headed to Starkville this weekend. Hopefully you have safe travels. I want to thank you guys for tuning us into us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. I was by Strange Brew on a Thursday morning picking up my wife a coffee and as always, I mean, they can't get me out of there faster. It's almost like they don't want me to be in there. That's how quick the service is. They're like, get him out of here. Yeah, it, it, there is some advantages to being uh, unloved. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> just got you. If there was a top rope in here, Joel just came off of it. I didn't <laughs> expect that at all. He just hammered me. Well, if they liked you, they'd keep you around a little longer, you know? My God. Good God, King. He, he's dead. Put that man in a body bag. <laughs> As God is my witness, Brian is broken in half. Um, All right, we're off to a flying start here. Strange Brew Coffee House. Joel must have had some strange before he got in here. He's got the booze. Feisty. He's got the juice. No, the problem is I got beat 15 to 3 last night and just in a grouchy mood. I didn't do it. I was cheering for you. But hopefully by the time you all listen to this, we've since won, since then, are up 3 1. The precipice. That's of right. The World Series. All right. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, worst coffee. case scenario, we're at least tied. Yes. Uh, I want to thank College Corner, our other sponsor there in the Jackson area. They got two locations to serve you in Ridgeland and Flowood. And you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. As the as you're not going to games this year, if you, if you're staying at home and you're you're just having those watch parties at the house, man, deck your house out in maroon and white. You can do that with College Corner. They've got everything you need to put on the best MSU watch party. They've got the plates, the platters, all the tailgating supplies, all the decorations you want to have, and of course, maroon and white merchandise, T-shirts, polos, everything you need to look like the bulldog you are. Go by College Corner or shop online at College Corner Store. Dot com. Advantage Business Systems knows that right now, as we get closer and closer to the holiday season, that's the time where it really counts. That's the time when your business needs to be making you money, not costing you money. And how can you make that happen? By calling Advantage Business Systems and helping finding out how they can help you upgrade your office technology. Give them a call today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how you can put 45 years of experience to work for you. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. It is three P's day, Joel. It is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it is that day that we all that we all wait for because you know, not that far. Just crack it. Well, I, I had it. I didn't, and you we got to have some airflow. I know. I know. No, that was me pushing it in. Okay, I thought that was I'm, I'm, you saying. I'm going to leave all this in now. We'll leave it in. Because it's funny. I'm trying to get. Door. So, the way our, my office works is if the door is shut, it either becomes unbearably cold or incredibly hot in here. Today is an incredibly hot day. So, I'm like, I'm giving him the signal open the door. He I missed get the sign. that. He missed the sign. 
And then he misinterpreted the sign because he opened it all the way. And I'm like, you just need to crack it. You just got to create a little airflow. And that'll get it now. See, I, I did create the airflow, and, and, then, and then I saw another signal, which no, I thought, well, I guess I didn't me, do I'm moving my hand towards you. That's true. If I was bringing it like this, I'm like, that's opening. That's true. I know it's an audio medium, but people, you can see what I'm doing here. I, I was confused, Brian. You were confused. I, I had cracked the door, and you were still so giving busy, signals. You're so busy making fun of me, you don't have time to just pay attention to the simplest signal. Three Ps. <laughs> Three Ps are persecution, prosecution, <laughs> and perpetuity. <laughs> All right. Mississippi State, Texas A&M, 3 p.m. kickoff here at Davis Wade Stadium. In case you missed it, the game is now on ESPN. It's been moved from the SEC Network uh, as the SEC is trying to deal with the cancellations and, and revising their television schedule. As you know, Florida LSU canceled. Uh, Missouri Vanderbilt canceled. Uh, and then, you know, Ole Miss dealing with some stuff, too. That, that game is... My guess is today's round of testing will tell the tale for the uh, for the Rebels and the Razorbacks. No such uh, issues, as far as we know, with uh, Mississippi State and Texas A and M. Although two of the, two of the teams playing are, are I'm sorry, two of the teams postponing have played at Texas A and M. So we'll see something in the brisket down there. I guess, I, guess I don't so. I don't know what's going on. That said, there will be at least one player apparently not playing this weekend, and that is Kylan Hill. If you uh, have read 24-7, uh, Paul Jones has said uh, pretty, uh, pretty Defin- clear, definitively. definitively, he said won't start. My thought is this, and I, I, I don't know that Paul clarified that at all, but won't start equals don't play, doesn't play, right? What's the, what's the, the, what's, yeah, what's the, uh, the, the punishment if there is a punishment being handed out here? What, what is that? You know, I, I, I am not expecting to see Kylan Hill on the field Saturday. Doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. Those rumblings have kind of been in the water all week. And if that's the case, A, it's it's disappointing. I mean, you, you that's a guy that's got to be rallying the troops. That's a guy that's got to be uh, head of the pack kind of thing. Um, and But what it does do is it illustrates exactly why Mike Leach was hired in the first place. You remember, you go back to January, the days the day, I guess, that Joe was let go, and we had the press conference with John Cohen. Yes. And John Cohen said, first off, that whoever he hired had to be a disciplinarian. If you're suspending Kylan Hill in any way, whether it's don't start, don't play, you know, whatever, if you're suspending or, or punishing him, there ain't nobody above the law. And so I do feel like that if that's the case, that's a further signal of what we probably already knew about Mike Leach, that he is not going to play favorites and not going to withhold any type of punishment. It's get in, get out. And if you don't like it, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your stat sheet says. I don't care what round of the NFL draft you may go in. It's my ship and I'm the pirate kind of deal. And and, and so there is, there is something to that in setting an example for – for future would be, uh, you know, guys that might not, I guess, fence riders, as, yeah. as Leach would say. And, and look, I don't know what what the specific issue is with Kylan or, or what it, what it's not. But to go a step further, Joel, Paul's reporting it, and I have no reason to do not believe Paul. You know, if he puts that out there, he's obviously got good information. 
But we don't. There's nothing's been confirmed by the university. No. We very easily see Kylan Hill play on Saturday, but that's just not what we're expecting. Uh, that's that's very true. And, and Mike Leach isn't going to tell you one way or the other. Oh no. And of course, we don't have another Mike Leach availability until after Saturday's game. So even if he would tell you, it'd be kind of difficult to pull that That'll out. That'll be him the first question, point. though. Yeah, it will. And uh, I take that back. It will not be the first question. Because Neil Price gets the first question, and he won't ask that. That's right. So the first <laughs> first question one of us gets will be that. Um, so, yeah. It, it just, I don't know. It's unfortunate, I, I guess, more than anything. No assuming that's the case. But, but yeah, like you, you, we're not going to know, and he could go run out there on the first play and, and, and play, and we'd kind of be surprised given the rumblings that have, have been around this week. But, I mean, you got to remember – you're dealing with a coach here that still has Scott Lashley as the backup right tackle on the depth chart. Yeah. And, folks, I'm here to tell you, Scott Lashley is not going to be the backup right no, tackle. No, he's not going to play this At year. any point. Uh, from a f- strictly football perspective, this is a, a big loss for Mississippi State. I mean, this is a guy who taught the, touched the ball 22 times last year. Uh, he is the best skill position player you have on offense. Uh, you know that if you can put him in the right positions, he can make good things happen for you. That said, I think Jaquavius Marcus and Dylan Johnson have looked serviceable. They've looked like adequate replacements for Kylan Hill. They're they're not they're not the same guy, but they can they can do some things. A and M on the other hand though has not been a team that's given up a ton of rushing yards. Now I think part of that is because a they played Vanderbilt who can't move the football, and then they played Florida and Alabama teams that you know by and large are throwing teams. Um, I think if you go back to that Alabama game, Mac Jones was very successful. Kyle Trask was very successful. So I don't know this was really a game that you were going to be looking for much out of the running game anyway, but it does hurt you. I mean, Kylan Hill caught 15 passes last week. Uh, you remember two weeks ago, Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks caught 18 passes between them. If this defensive situation is going to continue, teams are going to continue to drop at eight and rush three and you know let you have those short gains, th- that's going to be a huge that's going to be there's going to be a lot of touches to be given out there between those two running backs. I would do you expect that you know similar similar numbers, 15 to 18 catches between the tailbacks? Yeah. Yeah, and that's where, it, that's where it hurts because as talented as those two guys are, you'd rather that be Kylan Hill getting those touches. And apparently that's not going to be the case. Um, I, that said, I mean, you know, we, we sat here the other day and, and discussed about Will Rogers and is there a point in the year where it makes sense to just let Will go out there and play for the future? Um, You know, Kylan getting hurt in the Arkansas game and now apparently not going to, to see much, if any, action at all this Saturday – it certainly allows uh, Jaquavius and Dylan to go out there and trial by fire a little more. I, I do think that for the future, this is, while it may be unpleasant while you go through it in the future, I think this is kind of a good thing. You know, I, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, it's great that Kylan Hill's not on the field. No, no. it's not good at all whenever your your best player Quite is not opposite, out there. Yeah. But if you want to be sunshine pumper look at the silver lining of it it is this is another full game probably for for marks and johnson against a really good team to go out there and and kind of work out work out some first year kinks and you know so if you if you want to be positive about the whole thing there there's that and oh by the way those two guys they're pretty good you know yeah. i mean it's not like not having Kylan takes away any chance that you have of getting the, getting the offense going because, quite frankly, as we've said over and over and over again, I mean, it's not like running back play has been the issue here. It's been turning the football over and five guys not being able to block three. That's been your two biggest issues. Yeah. Correct those two issues. You are 3-0. and You're in the top five, probably. 
and you're looking ahead to next weekend thinking, okay, if they win this one, they're playing Alabama, and the winner of that's going to the SEC championship game. It's as simple as that. It, but it's not as simple as that. Yeah. You know, because if it was just simple, you'd snap your fingers and it was done. Um, KJ Costello, do you expect him to start Saturday? Do you expect him to have a short leash? What? What do you, in your opinion, what's the quarterback situation in Mississippi State? I think it'll be KJ. I do, too. Uh, I do think the leash will be shorter. It feels that way anyway. Because you've already seen now that, that Mike is not afraid to make the switch. Because sometimes that's a thing. Some some coaches are just afraid to pull that trigger. Well, you saw at Kentucky, he'll pull the trigger. It took a little bit, but he pulled the trigger. Now I think he'll be a little bit more inclined to pull it quicker. You know, if, if KJ throws a couple picks, I think he's out right then and there. That, yeah. that, that would be my guess. Uh, you know, I... I still kind of maintain a little bit. I guess if Will came in in that situation and he started throwing picks too, then then you go back to KJ maybe. But I kind of maintain a little bit that whenever you make that switch, the next time, then you just hand the keys to Will from then on. Yeah, I I, I think the leash is short. I agree with you. Um, I don't know that it would be two picks, to be honest with you. But now that's a difficult situation. You can't tell a guy that ahead of time, obviously. But that's a, that's a difficult situation where – I guess it. I guess it depends on the situation. You throw a, a great pass, and the receiver just yeah. puts it up in the air, and it gets picked off. I mean, what more can you do? Yeah. But if you make a bad throw, an obviously bad throw, you force the ball into coverage. You're throwing to a, to a covered receiver. Then the decision might have to be made. You're, you're not making the reads again. Like if you're seeing the same exact mistakes that you keep seeing, yes. that you've seen the first three games. This is a game where it's actually a good thing. It's not a big crowd because if the first hint of of trouble. It would be a lot of oh, you would hear those groans and the cowbells hitting the stand. So well, we heard that anyway. We heard it anyway, but it won't be as audible uh, for this one. A and M has given up a ton of passing yards these last two games. Now they've played Alabama and Florida, so that, that's why I really don't know how to predict it. I don't know that the, is A and M secondary not that good, or is it just well they've played two of the better passing teams in the in the country, and and that's you know that's 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 difficult. So this is sort of a good litmus test if you're a Texas A&M fan. This game right here. State can throw the ball. You know they can. Um, if you slow them down, you feel like, okay, it was just we played Alabama and Florida. But if you give up a lot of passing yards and you're like, oh, gosh, now the secondary might be, be an issue. What, what do you see? You know, If I said over under 350, where are you? I mean, I still lean over. Because I just can't see this team being. What do they? What do they always say, Brian? You're never as good as you are on your best day, and you're never as bad as you are on your worst. True. And Kentucky, to me, was about as bad as it can get. And they had what two seventy five ish there between two seventy five and three hundred. Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah. so you feel like if that's your worst day, you can probably add another fifty yards to that at least. So so I feel like they they get over. Um. Ah, it, it just. You don't know, man, because you don't know if KJ can keep the ball on, on you know, if he's throwing it to guys wearing maroon. Well, I guess he's going to throw it to guys wearing maroon no matter what this week. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? If if he can not turn the football over, I feel completely confident in saying that he can pass or, or Mississippi State can get more than 350 yards. Mm-hmm. But th- there again, this show, we could probably just put it on repeat at some point for the last week, but... It all boils down to what he does. 
if he doesn't turn the football over, assuming that you don't have a rash of fumbles or special teams mistakes somewhere else, State's offense can and has been moving the ball for the most part. Now, Kentucky, that was just a train wreck. But So, yeah, I, I kind of feel like State can do, can do that. But not optimistic. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see more so how does Texas A&M defend it. Yeah. Because they, they are a team that relies on man more so than – yeah. The the thing that I that I keep coming back to is there's no you know the last few years with Mullen and Moorhead it was always like if something wasn't working you're like what are they going to do to change to to make that there is no change state's going to throw the ball sixty plus times on Saturday they're going to run the ball maybe ten twelve times top tops and I mean actual runs not not not, not taking sacks into account so there is no change. So it's not a question of what are they going to change, what are they going to improvise, adapt, overcome to. It's just going to be more of does it work this time, you know? And that feels like a bit of a roll of the dice, at best. So, state what state needs more than anything else is a solid first quarter, points on the board in the first quarter, move the football. If you have to punt, you have to punt, but don't turn it over. Get some points on the board, and just feel it. It's sort of like we talk about with basketball, like if a you know shooters shoot, if they, if they can just get one ball to go in the hoop, it opens everything up. I think if State could throw a touchdown pass, that that it might just sort of break things up a little bit and, and get things moving um, in the right direction offensively. And then, like you said earlier, the offensive line, <laughs> they just have to be better. Everybody we've talked to this week, you, me. Talking on Sports Talk, talking to Cole Kublik, talking to, to Ryan Brown, talking to Andy Staples, whoever we've talked about Mississippi State. It's the same thing. Five cannot get defeated by three. It simply cannot happen. If it happens on Saturday, well, then you're just not going to win. So, do you think that we see some more, more uh, shifting along the offensive line there in terms of who plays, who starts? Cole Smith's still out. You know, yeah, James Jackson, I, I don't know. I, I think... Uh... By the end of the Kentucky game, you had Greg Island in at uh, right tackle. Right tackle. You, I kind of feel like that may be the maybe the the route you start with this week. Um, I, I, you got to do something, man. What what you've been doing hadn't been working. So yeah. if, if maybe you're just reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, I don't know. But you've got to do something to try and create a spark or find a, a better mix or something. Because the last two weeks, you just you cannot have that. And if that's what you got, then, boy, the next seven games aren't going to be pretty. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. All right, let's talk defense, and let's move on over into that. Brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Don't forget the Welcome Home Beef food truck will be on campus Saturday in front of the Hunter Henry building from 11 to 2. So swing by there before kickoff and pick yourself up a burger, a steak taco, a steak sandwich, or just a steak. They'll get you taken care of there at Welcome Home Beef. And if you're staying at home, I'm, I'm headed to Welcome Home Beef as soon as we get done wrap, wrapped up here uh, in the studio. Going to make a Mississippi pot roast this weekend. So I'm going to get myself one of their U.S. Prime pot roast locally sourced beef grain fed gonna sit that in the pot for a couple hours and man that's gonna be delicious can't wait to have that on sunday no saints on sunday so i can you know devote all my attention to food which is you know if if i had my way that's the way it would be anyway so (laughs) and so whatever you're doing if you're cooking it they're cooking it whatever it is give welcome home beef a try this weekend call them at 662 Two six eight eight one four eight. Visit them online, Facebook.com slash welcome home beef. And whatever you pick, one thing's for sure. It just tastes good. All right. Defensively. Every time we do a show like this the past few weeks, I'm just 
I'm just gobsmacked the how good the defense is. I, I really don't get it. And here's something else I, I I wouldn't say I don't get it. I understand coaches. I feel. Zach Arnett, he throws out praise like people throw out manhole covers. All right? He's not much for it. It was really interesting listening to him on uh, Wednesday night when anybody would bring up a number of Mississippi, hey, you guys are ranked this. Very good. Oh, it's still early in the season. It's too early to be looking at that. And then he would talk about Texas A&M. Well, they're ranked this. <laughs> like, is it not too early for Texas A&M as yeah. well? So Arnett, Arnett is, you know, he, he, you can tell he sets really high standards for himself and for his defense. In my opinion, they've been meeting those standards. It's the, it's the case, and he sort of brought up the thing that Shoop used to say a lot about how you know if you, playing good enough defense means winning. And it doesn't matter that State only gave up 150 yards yeah. and that defense really only gave up 10 points. It wasn't enough. If you give up 44, that's a good day if your offense scored 45. You, you did enough to win. Yep. You did enough to win defensively. Can State do enough defensively this weekend to win? I think so. I mean, <laughs> at this point, they've done enough to win every game. So why should I feel like, like Texas A&M is going to be any different? Because, I, I mean, I don't think Texas a I still kind of believe LSU's the best offense that, that State's seen so far. Yeah. And, and they played pretty well against LSU. Yeah. Um, in reality, gave up 24 points in that game. Yeah. Pick six, so, and then a, a fumble recovered in MSU territory. They went three and out and had to kick a field goal. Yeah. And now it's, I mean, Kellen Mond's the best quarterback I've seen this year. So, you know, that obviously creates a, a big challenge. But what I told you going into Kentucky, if they put up another strong performance, I would go from thinking the defense was good to just believing they're good. Well, I, I believe they're good. So, yeah, I think they can do enough. Uh Zach Arnett would not say that because, like you said, um, he he would base doing enough on whether or not the offense scored more points than the other team. But objectively, I think the defense will more than hold their share because that's all they've done so far. Until they give me reason now, now I'm the other direction. Until they give me reason to to not think they can, I'm probably going to go into every game thinking Mississippi State's defense is going to do enough. And yeah. we're at a complete you know 180 from where we were going into the season in that now it's, can the offense just be average? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing we're there, but that's where we're at. Which is something, yeah, like you said, it's just something I never would have considered prior to the start of the season, but that's where we are. Um, Isaiah Spiller, one of the better running backs in, in the conference. State, one of the better running defenses in the conference. It feels like the game plan is once again to try to limit the running game and make the quarterback stay in the pocket and beat you. The difference this week, obviously, is Kellen Mond is a quarterback who I think is at least capable of doing that if he can find some guys in the passing game, which, you know, AM is sort of strapped for. We talked uh, about uh, tight ends before State played LSU and how Eric Gilbert, you know, he, didn't, he ended up not playing a very big role in that game. He did have a touchdown catch. But we talked about how an athletic tight end is a guy that could give this defense trouble, the 3-3-5. A&M's got one of those guys. So do you think the tight end's a big big factor for A&M this weekend? Probably. Um, like you said, uh, when it comes to receiving play, I, I, I don't know that A&M has anybody that you just really look at and circle and like, that's that's the guy. Talking about Jalen Weidermeyer here, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, you could absolutely see it. I, but again, as you pointed out, State did a good job of limiting Eric Gilbert. So goes back to defensively. They've at this point defensively they have met every challenge and exit. That's true. And so I I don't 
I don't know that there's any anything, anybody you could mention, any component of A&M's offense you could mention that I wouldn't say that I don't think State can handle. Now, I think I said earlier this week, and I will maintain that with this group, I think there's always going to be a speed bump this year or, or a blown coverage or something. There's going to be an opportunity there probably for A&M to, to have a big play or two. Uh, but shoot. Best defenses in the world have busts every now and then. So, yeah. I don't know. I really like this Mississippi State defense, and that's something I didn't think I would ever say. Didn't think I'd year. be saying that, no. Um, one thing that he has been good for in the past is Kellen Mott, is turnovers. He's been known to give the team the ball. Now, he's 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 gone. He's gotten better at that this year as a senior, and you would expect that. You know, He's a senior. At this point in his career, he shouldn't be giving the ball away. Of course, I should say the same about K.J. Costello. A little different situation, though. Um but I think turnovers is going to be a big key for Mississippi. Because I think, it, I hate to say it, but I feel like you can just expect a couple turnovers from Mississippi State. You've got to at least be balanced, and preferably if you can win the turnover battle, you got a, you got a much better chance. It's impossible to predict turnovers, but do you think that's something that, that's been a, a, a an issue that's been stressed in practice this week is we've got to get the offense more opportunities? You know, that's something that uh, we used to hear Shoop and company talk about that yeah. all the time. Create turnovers, create turnovers, create turnovers. That was Shoop's only issue with the 2018 defense. They they felt they didn't create enough turnovers. And uh, that's not something – I mean, surely they they want to, they try to, but that's not something that we hear a lot of this year. Right. Even Zach Arnett, who, as I've called him many times, is a miracle worker, what he's doing doing with this team. I haven't heard him mention that specifically a lot. I I don't think that's something that you can – I mean, I guess you can train you can't game plan for. It. No, you can't, and and I don't even know how you. But you can make that the message, especially if you talk about guys. We need to get some turnovers, and we need to get them on the other side of the field. We need to put our offense first and ten at the opponent's thirty. We need to be in field goal range when we have the ball. Okay, now coach that for me. I can't exactly. So I, I don't. I mean, think you, you can you can coach being you can coach being aggressive and tackling and, and trying tripping to strip the, ball. the ball. That's it. You can't really coach interceptions. No, you've got to rely you know? upon. I mean, where that comes from is just your defensive line or whoever. Uh, you create pressure and make the quarterback and, like a bad. And your secondary knowing their assignments. Yes. So, and my guess is, is that's been a week where the assignment has been key. It's been a lot of this is where you're supposed to be. Don't not be here. So. I don't know. Yeah, you, turnovers are something you can't coach, but MSU really needs a few of them uh, this week. Let's look at our playmakers uh, in, in this week's game. Let's start on the offense. I'll, I'll let KJ Costello be one this week because I feel like he's he's dropped back down to earth a little bit. So if you want to go with him, I'm down with it. I don't. Can I go with five guys? Because I think it's the Ooh, offensive okay. line. Okay, so you're going. Okay. I, I really do. If you told me that this week is the week that the offensive line is able to actually take advantage of the fact that, hey, there's there's more of us than there is of them and, and actually produces a pretty good, solid game, then I feel better about the rest of it. I feel better about K.J. Costello being able to progress through reads, and I, I feel better about State's offense as a whole. So they say the game's won up front. I'm going to be cliche this week and say if State can win up front, I'm not going to say they'll win the game because Texas A&M's pretty darn good, but they will at least not put up the embarrassing performance they had a week ago. All right. For me, it's going to be Jaquavius Marks. Uh, if Kylan Hill's not playing, not only does he have to replace him, he needs to bring production. We State needs production the, the likes of which they got against LSU. They need well over 100 yards from the tailback position, rushing and receiving. They need that badly. 
it, it just seems like it's going to be obvious that he's going to catch the ball at least 10 times in this game. I didn't realize, by the way, Colin Hill set a new MSU record for catches in a game last week. 15 is a new school record. I didn't either. Um, I don't think that, I don't know if he'll have 15 catches because I think he'll get they'll split up the playing time between him and Johnson. But Marks Marks is the first guy off the bench here, so he needs to be the one who you know, finds a way. And State needs a big play in the running game. Just State hasn't had a, a has they ever had a rush over 30 yards this year? I don't I can't not that I remember. They just need to. It's tough. I know it's tough to do that when you know you you break through the line and there's eight guys there. But State need, could could go for that. And I don't know how they're going to do it. I, I I don't know the, the the strategy for it. I just know that it needs to happen. So Marks is my uh, offensive playmaker. Defensively, I'm gonna go with Tyrus Wheat. Tyrus Wheat. I think I think that he is really playing well. Um, a guy who I think you know athletically can you know work against the run. But should Mon break containment, he's got the athleticism and the speed to go get out there and find him and bring him down even outside of the pocket. I think he'll be very effective and very. Uh, very much critical to what State wants to do in keeping Kellen Mond in the pocket and then getting pressure on him throughout the game. He, he's been, we said before the season we just show about how we haven't really maybe we haven't given enough credit to State's JUCO guys, but Wheat and Davis have been really really good for Mississippi State. They haven't been Montez Sweat, but combined they sort of have, and they, they they've been a big reason why State's defense is so good. So Wheat Tyrus Wheat is my uh, my player of my defensive playmaker to watch. I will stick with my theme, I guess, of my offensive playmaker saying you got to win up front, and I will stay in the trenches. Uh, but I'll give you just one guy. I'll go Crumity this week. Okay. Just I, I think you're right. I think State again. The game plan needs to be let Mon try to beat you with his arm. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But I think that needs to to be the goal and, and to again have a big day stopping uh, an opponent's run game. And I, I think Crumity right there in the middle has, has really. I mean, he, he's a big part of why State's been so good against the run. I'll can, I'll stick with him. Uh, we'll go with the big guy in the middle for right. my defensive playmaker. Who's your X factor? Well, y- your uh, offensive playmaker was who I was going to go with uh, okay. X factor there. So, yeah, I guess you could say him or Dylan Johnson. So, since you've already thrown marks, I'll say Dylan Johnson. Just because, I mean, it's going to be a tandem deal. I. If you recall, the last time Kylan Hill went in a game for essentially the whole game, back the the Arkansas contest, Marks and Johnson were out there about equally as yeah, much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's those guys. If they can adequately fill Kylan's shoes, man, that's a humongous step up. So it and if they don't, and you just get nothing out of running backs, then that that's bad news for yeah. this offense. So so yeah, I'll, I'll say Dylan Johnson, but. What I'm trying to say is just those guys. Maybe the first time ever a quarterback is the X factor, but it's KJ Costello for me. <laughs> the guy cannot turn the ball over. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You cannot do that. If you continue to do it, you're going to be on the bench. And one of the weirdest, weirdest four weeks in the history of college football for one guy is going to come to fruition. He's going to go from everybody's favorite to what happened to that guy. From and from, I don't want to say from good the Heisman. penthouse to the outhouse. I, was gonna, I don't want to say good Heisman odds, but he was included on some Heisman well, he was, odds yeah. stuff there after week one, and then to People go from that to the bench. People put money on him, I bet, and they're going to lose that money. That money is lost. So yeah, KJ Costello, if he goes out and plays well, he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to throw six hundred twenty yards, but if he throws for four hundred and he doesn't throw an interception, he throws a couple of touchdowns. State wins the game. 
I'm willing to almost guarantee that that State would win the football game. So, prediction time, my friend. Ah, uh, man, how the last couple of weeks have changed things. Um, there was a time where the the things that are true after the LSU game, if you'd have told, if we'd have ran through the schedule, I'd have put W there by, beside this game because A and M had just looked like crap against Vandy. State had just rolled against the defending national champs. Yeah. Oh, I, I said on Sports Talk, I said, hey, I think State can win that game now. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, A&M's got a lot of momentum. They, they just beat Florida. State's got no momentum, and apparently they're suspending their best player. I, I, I cannot foresee State winning this game. That said, Texas A&M's coming here before, and I didn't foresee State winning the game, and State won the game. Yeah. Um, so A&M, you just can't ever say definitively that they're good because if they do anything, uh, it's over, you know, it's be overrated. Right. But it just doesn't feel like a game state's going to win. I, I'm not convinced that they're going to iron out all the kinks from last week in seven days' time. Uh, you mentioned KJ not turning the football over. Given what we've seen so far, it is going to floor me if he doesn't have at least a turnover or right. two. And... Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I do think State's defense will, again, have a pretty good showing for itself, but I could see the offense, again, just struggling to get by. So, uh, I'll say 31, 31 – no, nah, I don't want to go that high. I'll say 28-14 A&M. All right. I'm going to pick A&M, too. I just want to point out to everybody that Joel and I are 0-3 on the year on this. Yes. We have not picked State to win or lose correctly, so – so if you want to take a little grain of positivity, there it is. Um, defensively, they'll be fine, but offensively, I I am officially in I got to see it mode. I'm not going to believe anything before I see it. Uh, so that said, I'm going to take Mississippi State to lose this one. Texas A&M 21, I'm sorry 23, uh, Mississippi State seven. 23. Wow, that's a, kind of a, a couple field goals. You know, I think State will, State will turn the ball over, but the defense that'd be three will, field goals. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I could, too. I could see it. So. 23-7 is my prediction. Texas A&M gets the win. Bulldogs fall to 1-3 and three and then head into the bye week to take on – head into the off week. we got to gotta clean up that verbiage to take on Alabama. Hopefully a fully healed Nick Saban. Yeah. Hey, you, you, you're not wrong. I, I would do which the best for him. Yep. Uh, all right. Actually, I don't think he had any symptoms or whatever, but still. Doesn't matter. A, a, a negative testing Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, if you'll let this play for a little bit longer, I've got an interview, a, t- a Thunder and Lightning exclusive. Didn't put it on the podcast, but I talked to DJ Shockley, the former Georgia Bulldog quarterback. He's calling the game for ESPN this weekend with Dave Neal and Don Davenport. Uh, he had gave, got his thoughts on KJ Costello, you know, being a quarterback himself, what he thinks of Costello and what he thinks of Mississippi State in this game. So give that a listen if you would. That's coming right up right as, as soon as uh, soon as the wrestling music, which I, I think I know what it's going to be, uh, will end. So, guys, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again. Hopefully Sunday afternoon, if not, whenever that is. Talk to you then. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.